it's hard to make the Hall of Fame without accumulating some hardware along the way. And one guy who hadn't had any very deservingly got some last night. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Chris Letang is the 2023 Masterton Trophy winner. Uh, As I mentioned to you on yesterday's show and had brought up previously when his nomination became official, he was going to be the obvious choice. And to the credit of the voters, he ended up being the actual choice. I don't need to share with anybody who's pushed play on a podcast called Daily Shot of Penguins, everything that Tanger went through this past season. But it was it was something. And to see him uh, battle back from everything, and, and then even more, maybe more than people will realize that the various injuries that go on over the course of the season. But for Tanger, I feel like the Masterton is more uh, a cumulative body of work, a cumulative body of uh, toughness and endurance. And man, you could take the word endurance alone with both of its meanings and apply them hard to his career. Because not only has he had to fight through a lot, but he's also done it in a way where he never leaves the ice. You see it in games. I see it in practices last guy off the rink at his age with all his achievements and the rookies know it. So even the, the ones who really, really, really want to stay out there the longest and prove how uh, awesome their own work ethics are, they know, listen, kid, get off the rink. It's Tanger's time. And somebody will have the common sense to go over and whisper that to one of them. Teddy Bluger who was one of those guys who would just never, ever leave the ice, he still had the awareness that he had to get off before 58 did. Not just a superstition thing. He would stay out there and do work. He'd find a defense partner a lot of the times. That was P.O. Joseph a lot over the past few months. And there was actual work being done toward becoming an even better defenseman. Here's... uh, What Tanger had to say to reporters last night in Nashville, including Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports, she's there covering for us. Up and down, obviously. Um, Emotionally, it was really hard. Um, At some times, you know, you don't, you you know, the mind wasn't there and uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to come to the rink and, you know, kind of show those emotions because, you know, the, teammates are there they, they have a job to do and, um, you know I think what they did for me in Montreal uh, to come down and uh, you know be part of uh, of, uh, of the funeral and uh, being there for me and my family um, kind of like triggered something in, in me and uh, that's at the point where my wife said you should you should actually uh, go back to go back to the rink and you know change your mind and um, try to you know forget about what happened in 
the last few months and, and try to um, try to get back on track and you know the guys will be there for you and um, I think that's where it all started. See, that's the other thing that you get from him. That sounds like a really dramatic quote and maybe something that you would say if you're in the position where you're about to get an honor, recognition for your commitment and your sacrifice. The fact of the matter is Tanger would say that to one random blogger on a Monday morning after a skate. He's just he's just wired that way. He speaks the truth. He's the guy that you go to after the tough losses. He's a little leery of discussing his own shortcomings in a tough loss. Okay. He's got some significant pride to him, but he's a truth teller by nature. And everything that he went through this past year was something that most humans I don't want to say couldn't endure, but couldn't come out shining the way he did, because he did have a very, very good hockey season. And I'm mostly glad for him that this award ideally will call more attention to his hockey prowess. He's not going to get a Norris Trophy. At this stage of his career, he's not going to be a Norris finalist in all likelihood at this stage of his career. So those days are done. And when you're talking about getting into the hall, as I brought up at the beginning, and you're a defenseman, the very first thing the voters look at is number of Norris's or number of Norris finalist appearances. Just like I'm sure... That whenever the voters were looking at Tom Barrasso's credentials leading up to his induction last week, that they probably placed an inordinately high value on the Vezina Trophy and the Calder Trophy that he won, uh, both of them obviously as a rookie in Buffalo. And he wasn't really a Vezina guy for the remainder of his career, but it was on there. It made the list. Well, here's something for the Latang list, okay? The NHL has gone out of its way in recent years to try to stress to Masterton voters that it's not just a who got sick and who got better award. No matter what, it ends up being that. But maybe just in the league pushing this concept, it'll come to get recognized that, listen, it's not just about having a really tough time. You also have to perform through it. You also have to be a good player. And Latang, at this age and in this extraordinary circumstance, was that. Congratulations to him. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Kyle, who says, DK, there seems to be some talk in cyberspace about Kyle Dubas possibly going after Mitch Marner. Now, we know you love Marner, LOL. Do you think, and what would your opinion be on, a couple of guys from the Maple Leafs could be coming over to Pittsburgh? Kyle. Um... I, I can't I, I can't I can't even address Marner specifically. Generally speaking, if you mention 
the Leafs, and then you talk about a prospective trade, I'm gone. Like, I'm thinking about something else. Like, I'm thinking about baseball or comic books or punk rock or something. But I stop thinking about hockey on the spot because I lose interest because I'm a lifer in this sport. I've loved it with all my heart since childhood, and therefore, I know that 99.9999999999999% of what comes out of Toronto with this sort of thing is complete trash. There's no place where the rumors, and I mean rumors in the most negative possible connotation of the term, which is usually the only one that I use, emanate. Everybody everywhere either was a leaf, is a leaf, or is going to be a leaf. Connor Bedard, after the Blackhawks draft him, will be a leaf. Wayne Gretzky, who somehow managed to play for every team in the NHL, it seemed like, except for the Leafs, is still going to be a leaf. Mario Lemieux, Yarmer Yager, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, all. All future Leafs. That's just the culture that they have. It's part of what makes them as rabid and admirable in that regard as they are. It's also what makes them so spectacularly annoying. So the reason that I mention this isn't to dump on Marner. It isn't to dump on William Nylander, who apparently is telling teams that he's worth $10 million a year. Um that's the Toronto effect, and that's why they never win. That's really it. When they have an even mediocre player, I'm always using poor Nikolai Antropov as my example here, but I'll do it again. They have someone who scores like a handful of goals. They're ready to carve statues of him, and they grossly overpay. They overestimate. They over-retain, meaning they keep the player too long. And even though the Leafs were a catastrophe before the cap, now after the cap, they're at least competitive, but they can't win anything because they built up a handful of players up there into being these massive, legendary idols of the sport. They really, truly believe and have all along that Austin Matthews is the equivalent of Connor McDavid. Ask any of them. Don't take my word for it. So when you're talking about Marner, and you, you gave the little LOL there as to what I think about him, it's not that I don't like Marner. I'd take Marner on my hockey team, okay? It'd be nuts not to. But he's unbelievably overpaid. Like, beyond anybody's imagination. His cap hit is $10.9 million, meaning his cap hit annually. That's not the total value of the deal, okay? It was a six-year contract, and the final two years of the contract, meaning this coming one and then the following one, he's got a complete no-movement clause. Who in hell is Mitch Marner to get that? How does that happen? Well, the answer is it doesn't happen anywhere except there. He's a really nifty, dangling, playmaking winger, arguably one of, if not the best playmaking wingers in the league. And, you know, I mean, between that and the combined 
playoff failures of Marner, Matthews, Nylander, and anybody else they consider to be part of that core up there, man, you just you just can't do that. Now, by the way, it was Kyle Dubas who signed Marner to that contract. So Dubas was not immune to the Toronto syndrome in his time up there. Ideally, he'd have learned with the passage of time and, of course, the flat cap following that. But this leads to the crux of my answer, which is that because Dubas was there and they're going to consider Dubas to be their guy or their alum or whatever it is for years to come, every potential transaction involving a Leaf is somehow going to get connected to Pittsburgh. So get used to that. There is validity to GMs wanting to go after players they know. It saves them some research. Saves them some uncertainty, more importantly. But it's going to be with every one of them. You watch. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 